In the next few hours, the US fiscal stimulus deal could be sorted. Not exactly what everyone wanted, but better than nothing at all. Plus, the UK marooned not only as London and the southeast of England back in lockdown, but an increasing number of countries are stopping flights from the UK. And Brexit, it's still all about the fish and doesn't seem to be any closer to a resolution. And COVID comes to Sydney. Will the Northern Beaches lockdown have any impact on the markets? It's all pretty small fry compared to what the UK is seeing, of course. It's Monday, the 21st of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar finished Friday up a quarter percent as uncertainty crept into the markets. We saw the pound fall half a percent as Brexit talks went nowhere. Spoiler alert on that. No change over the weekend. Uh, The euro was also down a little on Friday. The Aussie stuck around 76.2 US cents. The US dollar also gained half a percent on the Canadian dollar and 0.2% on the Japanese yen. That waning confidence saw all three indices for US stocks fall on Friday. The Dow down 0.4%. That was the worst of it. It was the same for the Euro stocks 50. The ASX 200 was down 1.2% on Friday by comparison. And small movements on 10-year treasuries, but UK 10-year gilts down four basis points, down to 0.25% at the end of the week. And a big rise in oil, around 1.5% for Brent and WTI. But it wasn't a quiet weekend since then. Uh, you know, we're certainly not winding down for Christmas just yet, that's for sure. Uh, here's Rodrigo Catrill, Senior FX Strategist at NAB in Sydney, in lockdown on the northern beaches. And talking about lockdowns, let's start with what might happen with the pound today. I think everyone's heard the news about this rapidly spreading strain of the virus, which has seen London and Southeast England locked down. Everyone has to stay home for Christmas. All except supermarkets and takeaways have been closed, all retail. And uh, many European countries now not allowing flights from the UK. That and uh, no progress on Brexit. All of that's got to hurt the pound today, hasn't it? Morning, Phil. Yes. Uh, I suppose we have to also note that the, the pound had been on a sort of steady decline uh, on Friday as the market was sort of uh, digesting this idea that an imminent deal was not going to be uh, likely over the weekend, um, but certainly the, the virus news adds, um, you know, an, another layer into the, the uncertainty. And um, um, it, as you say, it's likely that, that the pound will struggle at uh, the open today. Well, on Brexit, I wonder what this means because this came from Michel Barnier a few hours ago. He said the EU remains committed to a fair, reciprocal, and balanced agreement. We respect the sovereignty of the UK, and we expect the same. Both EU and GB must have the right to set their own laws and control their own waters, and we should be able to act together when our interests are at stake. Uh, that sounds like a, a, an expectation when they're talking about, you know, controlling their own waters, which is what Britain's asking for. That l- sounds like an expectation of, of no deal coming from Michel Barnier, doesn't it? Well, I, I suppose, uh, I mean, Gavin has been, has been quite good at, at sort of making this point that we need to be able to see through what the, what the political sort of um, message is and, and what actually is happening in, 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 in practice uh, and one of the things to note is that it, when it comes to fishing from a financial perspective and, and the magnitude of this deal is actually a very, very small portion of the whole thing. Um, but as you say, it's, it's all about this issue of the rights of the ability to Europe and particularly France to be able to fish in, in, in UK waters. Um, and, and, and similarly, the, how long this transitional period should be in order to allow sort of a, a, these borders within the waters to, to be reestablished. Um, so, uh, our sense at the moment is that this is still a more of a political issue rather than a, a financial issue that should not really be something that could could break the deal. Um, you never know. But uh, um, the other thing to note as well is that from a from a sort of negotiating perspective, we know that 
a deal doesn't have to be done right now. Um, it, there's still um, plenty of room for uh, for more wrangling, if you like, until even the 31st of December. So um, it doesn't mean that there's an urgency, if you like, for, for the deal to be signed uh, imminently. So here we are. We're still then in this position of, of, of wait and see. Uh, but but yes. what happens in the meantime? Yes, but, for, but I suppose I suppose the point on that is that uh, the, the the pound in particular knows this, and, and we've seen the pound trade higher over the course of last week, and and it's retained, although it's lost a little bit of ground on Friday, it's retained that sort of those gains. So for now, the market is largely believing that a deal is more likely than not. Right, but there is a lot going on in the UK, isn't there, at the moment, and in the EU, but certainly in the UK with this new strain of the virus. Isn't there a danger uh, that all the focus will be on that and uh, somehow Brexit will just slip through? There, there could be more response to that, and then, but we've also seen news of online, many, many, many officials within the UK suggesting that the, the, the virus itself creates a level of urgency for, for a deal to be made. You know, we've got bigger problems, bigger fish to fry, in a sense. So, therefore, let's get the deal done and let's, let's start focusing on, on the virus as well. Yeah, well, which is just very bad news for the UK. 35,928 new cases on Sunday, 191,000 over the, the last seven days. That is quite, quite a sharp rise. And with this new strain, it really is spreading so much faster. And you can't help feeling that this lockdown is going to be there for a while, you know, maybe even a few months, like the, like the first lockdown for an economy that never has recovered, really. Uh, this is just going to take it further downhill. If anything, one of the big takeaways from, from you know, the whole sort of uh, crash, if you like, of the economies and recovery is that the UK hurt a lot in the way down. And, and it's also struggled to recover on the way up. So, so this certainly mm. will, will, will weigh significantly in, in that narrative, which again makes the point that, you know, we need to get this trade deal done and start focusing on, on reviving the economy. So, um, uh, but to your point in terms of the virus, there's a lot of uncertainties in terms of what it all means, uh, in terms of whether, you know, a strain weakens the original virus or strengthens it, or whether the vaccines will be effective. Um, so we need, we need a little bit of time for, to clarify all those uncertainties and hopefully, um, they, they will help rather than hurt. Uh, the, that's, the, that's the spirit, bit the, of positivity. <laughs> That's what we need, a bit of positivity. Now, look, uh, they are, and here's some positivity. It sounds like they are on the cusp of a, a fiscal stimulus deal in the United States. They've got rid of the controversial bits in the hope of getting something over the line. I was watching uh, Republican Don Bayer from Virginia on Bloomberg saying it's, it's the most optimistic he's been on the deal for six months, even though he doesn't think it's going to be enough, uh, with uh, a, a likelihood of one million new unemployment claims, he reckons, in January. But, you know, he says they'll be back to bite uh, for another bite of the cherry after uh, Joe Biden moves into the White House. This is a Republican talking about how great it's going to be to have a Democrat coming in. Um, so that's all positive news. And what's what's the Fed's role? Because the Fed is tied up in this as well, isn't it? Well, the Fed has been the, the last sticking point in terms of the negotiations. And and what what is transpired essentially is that um, going forward, um, the Fed will need to seek approval from Congress in order to reactivate these emerging lending facilities that we've seen uh, activated this year. So, for instance, and importantly, um, if the Fed wanted to reactivate the corporate bond buying program, so that QE for, for the corporate side, they will need to seek approval from Congress uh, in, before doing so. And also in terms of all those lending programs for Wall Street and Main Street, um, uh, they, they will need, they will need approval by, by uh, Congress. Uh, the QE program in terms of buying treasuries uh, is unaffected by this. Um, so it does kind of restrain a little bit of the ability of the Fed in order to stimulate the economy. Um, Fed chair or former Fed chair, um, uh, Bernanke, 
reacted to to the news over the weekend, highlighting that um, you know it's important to to for for the Fed to have the ability to respond uh, promptly to to disruptions in the credit market, um, and and this of course um, will will restrain the ability for for the Fed to to react. Um, uh, effectively and quickly. So, for instance, if we think about all the wrangling that has occurred now in order to create this or to, to find this agreement, um, next time around, you know, we could be months before, you know, the Fed is able to help the economy and, and particularly um, help support the credit side of the economy. So, it's an important step. So, it's positive in the sense that um, we, we, it looks like a deal is imminent, um, but we also got to bear in mind how much it, what it actually means in terms of the Fed's ability in the future to, to support the economy. And what's going to be the market response? Assuming the deal does get through today, uh, what's it going to do to the dollar? It's presumably going to push equities up uh, later today. We said earlier they they were on a bit of a down on Friday. Uh, and also, where, where does uh, emerging markets go right now? Because they've had a good run lately. Yeah, well, I think overall that the fiscal support news is, is a positive. The market has been struggling. And even Friday's price action tells you a little bit of that. We've kind of been in this sort of wait and see mode, waiting to the confirmation of the deal. So... In that sense, you, you have to think that it's going to be supportive for risk assets in general. So equity markets and, and emerging markets should should benefit from the news. Um, and, and then because it does also mean more spending from, from the government that doesn't have the funds to spend, it means that there's an increase in borrowing uh, for next year. Uh, and overall, that plays into the, the softer dollar narrative that uh, we think will play out over the course of next year. Right. And we saw oil, of course, rising on, on the hopes of... Uh you know, a vaccine. Uh, you know, looking through where we are now into into the future. And of course, uh, we had the, uh, the the good news, the other good news from the United States that the Moderna vaccine has been approved now for emergency use. They might might produce as, as many as one billion doses next year. And of course, there's hope that the Oxford AstraZeneca is going to be approved in the UK uh, before next week as well. But um, what what does this mean for oil? Because uh, I, I mean, you know, rising on vaccine hopes. But if that situation in, in Europe, from the UK, spreads to Europe, uh, and there's less people flying, that could put, put pay to that, couldn't it? Yes, uh, but uh, I mean, I suppose the, the this is the this is what's actually going on in, in equity markets as well. Is that the near term challenges mm-hmm. of the virus have been overlooked by the medium term good news of now fiscal stimulus and also. You know, the European recovery fund that we got to remember only really kicks in in terms of when the spending occurs around May, June this year, next year. Uh, and, and, the, and, you know, and the vaccine yeah. use. So, so, um, for now, what is also really true is not just the story of the virus in the UK. We've seen a huge amount of, you know, the virus getting out of control in, you know, California and so on. So we've got to remember California is the, you know, the big states and LA is the second biggest city in the US. So, there's certainly a slowdown and and and, um, and an impermanent economic activity coming from the virus that will affect Q4 and, and parts of Q1, uh, but hopefully you know um, the recovery will, will will happen sooner as as the vaccine gets rolled out. Yeah, guess how far you see through what's happening now to the future depends on how bad what's happening now. That's becomes. quite right. And at the moment, the market is sort of have a relatively positive view in terms of that. Um, but we certainly have to keep an eye on, on the virus development. Well, yeah, if the numbers get worse. And but look uh, where you are, Sydney's northern beaches. Uh, COVID nineteen has come there. Uh, I mean, it's locked down. I mean, Australia obviously is very good at locking it down and uh, sending it on, on its way. Uh, but uh, so we're we going to see any any much of a market reaction to that the, the, this morning. I mean, I'm presuming it puts the uh, kibosh on the hope of uh, open traffic with New Zealand for a while. Yes, it certainly puts the, the kibosh in, in, in terms of New Zealand. Um, so 
Um, I, I suppose if we use the, the Melbourne lockdown uh, as a guide, uh, we, we don't think that the, the market reaction for the Aussie dollar, for instance, will, will be significant. Uh, the equity market already shows some strain on Friday because of the news. So, so there'll be a bit more of that, particularly airlines, anything related to tourism. Um, and, and New Zealand as well, unfortunately, gets affected by it because uh, there was a lot of hope that you know, this, this bubble, this air bubble would, um, will uh, increase the tourism, uh, between the two countries. So it does, it does dent a little bit of, of, of the narrative between the two countries. But overall, still, you know, it's fair to suggest that New Zealand and, and Australia has still been, uh, coping quite well yeah. with the virus and, and economically as well. The recovery has been quite decent in both nations. Well, we had as the well. uh, confidence numbers then as a business survey on Friday actually, uh, positive, in positive territory for the first time since 2017. So, I mean, if, if it's fixed quickly in Australia, uh, you know, it, it, Australia and New Zealand are really standing out, obviously, alongside China, with a, 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 away from the rest of the world, and that's got to be good for business confidence. I would have thought. Look, not much happening today. Credit card spending for New Zealand today. China loan rates, not a lot of data, but certainly a lot of news to look out for. Yes, certainly a lot of news, and and I suppose a little bit of market attention will be on Tesla entering the S and P five hundred. Ah, yeah. Uh, we've seen a fair bit of rebalancing occurring on on Friday. But the passive funds, which are a significant, significant portion of the S&P 500, will do the rebalancing on Monday. So uh, we might still see a fair bit of movement and sort of weird buying and selling occurring uh, along the way during the day as well. All right, Rodrigo, great to talk. Been great working with you this year and uh, have a great Christmas if I don't talk to you before. Thanks, Phil. All the best. Cheers. I just wish it felt a bit more like Christmas, don't you? Back tomorrow morning with uh, what is supposed to be the last one of the year. We'll see. Uh, I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back with Ray tomorrow morning. See you then.